from points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. Hello and welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion Disneyland Edition for, let's call it, February 17th, 2011. I'm your host this week, Tom Bell, joined by fellow Disneyland correspondents Tony Spatel, Nancy Johnson, and Wayne Toygo. In this week's show, we'll have a review of the new Magical Memories and You show, and Tony Spatel will have his review of Tortilla Joe's Taqueria. All that plus this week's news and roundtable rapid fire on this edition of The Diz Unplugged. Before we get started, I just wanted to let you in on kind of what's going on here. Um, as your Disneyland crew, we've done a couple of podcasts, but nothing on a regular basis. Well, a couple weeks ago, we got a while here, sat down, and recorded a quick sample podcast to see if it's something that Pete and Corey would like to see on a regular basis. Well, surprisingly, Pete posted it last week and asked us to do something a little longer, and here we are. What do you guys think? I it's mean, good to be here. Yeah. yeah, it's weird is what it is. All right. Anybody have anything for housekeeping? I got one. Awesome. Wayne? In our last full Disneyland show, I reported on the special Santa Fe and Disneyland Railroad combine car that was moving for, to its new home at Walt Disney's Barn in Los Angeles. Right. The special car arrived last November and was fitted with a temporary shelter for its refurbishment. The Carrollwood Pacific Society now reports that they are fundraising for the car's final payments and for a permanent structure. This historic car is now on display. It can be seen any day that the uh, that the barn is open to the public. It's third Sunday direct- of every month. Correct. It is sits directly next to Walt's barn in Griffith Park. For more information, go to the Carrollwood Pacific website. Anybody else have anything for housekeeping? No, I think we're good. All right, over to Wayne with the news. Wayne. The number of Disneyland annual pass holders is right now at the one million mark. Jeez. Oh, Wow. Comprised mostly coming. of Southern California locals, the annual pass holders put quite a strain on Disneyland's attendance this past Christmas season, especially during the week between Christmas and New Year's. On December 27th and 28th, Disneyland Park attendance rose well above 50,000, closing regular ticket sales before noon. Even Disney California Adventure ticket sales were stopped at 1 p.m. on the 28th. Pass holders have also placed a burden on the overall parking situation. This prompted Disney to more than double hotel parking rates for non-guests. This is an effort to discourage pass holders who are only staying for a few hours to park in the regular Disneyland guest lots instead of the hotel lots. Another idea being discussed is to change the yearly annual pass into an open-ended Disney Resort membership. Instead of specific end dates, memberships would automatically renew and the pass holder would be charged each month until the pass holder specifically cancels the membership. Disney would save on printing yearly pass holder cards and would significantly reduce the need for the in-park pass holder processing center. As part of this program, Disney's also planning on installing those biometric finger scanners in 2012. These are similar to what's currently in use at Disney World. As attendance and facilities are increasingly affected by pass holders, we can expect more changes in the future. This is, this is significant. Disney is really paying attention to the impact 
of the annual pass holders. It started, uh, well, it started before World of Color, but Real, World of Color yeah. really brought this to a head. I mean, you had a million pass holders wanting to see World of Color, and there was no way it was ever going to happen. Exactly. Well, you can have it both ways. You can have, I want everybody locally to come to Disneyland, but, okay, I don't want everybody locally to come to Disneyland because it's too crowded. It seems like they kind of want it both ways there. And I thought the um, idea of having it be a monthly fee, isn't that part of the problem? Yeah, yeah, it, ma- yeah it makes it easier. Yeah, the, what they need to do is get rid of the Southern California passes. But it's, it's just yeah. too easy to get a pass. It is. Well, even it's... It- the, the monthly payment plan made it much more affordable for people to get the premium pass and to go any day of the year. So you had the increased rates even on the days when you know, all the other pass holders were being eliminated. From what I read, what this is doing is it's turning it more into a recurring membership rather than something that renews only when purchased. So like, the idea like is you would... Yeah, exactly. Kind of like a health club. Yep. So, so you would retain one card for as long as you kept your membership up, and they would essentially use the finger scanners as the validation for a card instead of your picture on the card. I know also they're, I think, concerned about the fact that once, um, now that the cruise ship is out here, and then once California Adventure is done, that they're really going to be selling vacation packages, and if I'm spending that much money on a vacation, I want to be able to get on a ride and not be waiting in horrible lines in the in an off-season time. Where this really seems to come up that I've read is almost every holiday season, um, whether it be Memorial Day or Fourth of July or especially the Christmas through New Year's time. This is when the uh, pass holder traffic really goes maximum, and this is when out-of-state folks tend to make their vacation plans. So... One way or another, this is uh, this is something that's got to be looked at closely. And I do have to admit that we're a family that does the we'll show up for a couple of hours and then leave and ruin the whole parking situation. Ah, uh, it's your fault. So it is our fault. We show up right when it opens a lot of times. Go damn, damn locals. Yes, it's exactly. I'm the damn local. Um, but it's true. And I know that when if I've come on a Friday and I see everybody coming in with me. You know, just to see the fireworks or or that kind of thing. So it's kind of a cultural thing down here for yeah. pass holders. Seldom do yeah. I go for the entire day. And it's funny because when I've we've been with some families and gone for the entire day, I start, wow, I'm kind of tired. I'm not used to being here. Or even when I've gone with you, Tom, right. I think, oh, my gosh, I'm, it's 12 o'clock. I'm ready to go home because I'm just used to yeah. The, yeah. the short spurts. Yeah. Awesome. What else you got, Wayne? Disney announced that the opening of Ariel's Undersea Adventure, Star Tours The Adventure Continues, and Mickey's Soundsational Parade will be pushed to this summer. No specific dates were given. The new Star Tours attraction is scheduled to open in Disney World's Hollywood Studios in May. The weird thing about this story is that it's nowhere on the Disneyland News website or anything like that. It was stuck in the bottom of a Disney World press release. So maybe they're going to make it part of you know, this this year's Summer Night Tastic. Yeah, maybe I don't know. It just seems. I like mean, they're... they've got to have something to make that a draw this year. Starting to line up that way. And finally, last Tuesday, February eighth, Disney California Adventure marked its ten year anniversary. Yay. Yay! And they said it wouldn't last. 
<laughs> I, have, I, actually haven't, I actually haven't found much coverage of any special events that occurred on that day. There weren't but, any. But I thought that might lead us into a discussion of some of our favorite things from DCA's past. I'll lead off and mention my favorite retired attraction, and that's the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire show. That was really unique for a theme park and was always fun to attend. I made it to the, I, I never made it to the floor, much less to the hot seat, but I did have the top audience score for several rounds. That was that awesome. One I, that one I miss. Yeah. I never went. It was I, good. It was a yeah, very was good. good, good show, good presentation, a lot of, lot of energy, a lot of audience interaction. Nancy, what was your favorite? Um, you know, I have a couple things. Um, you only get one. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Um, actually, I'm kind of torn. Uh, no. I, I'm sorry, I'm torn. For Nancy, one means two oh, or yeah. three. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the great thing is we miss Bear, and we understand yeah. that Bear rotated out of out of the programming. But I was gonna say, um, I was gonna say, actually, the thing that never got off the ground that was actually kind of cool was the ABC soap opera Diner, and that it, it lasted only that first year. That was the only time that facility was open. Yeah, and then it yeah. became Playhouse Disney. But it was really cool. It just never got off the ground. Yeah, I remember we ate there. I don't even remember what we had or if it was even any good. It's been so long. Tony, what did you got? Well, off the top of your it's head. Off the top of my head. It's, nope, it's no pressure. Still, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I've only got one. Okay. And it's still, it's, it's still technically kind of around, but it's more of a son father thing um but the the redwood creek challenge uh-huh. i just have really fond memories of when my son was like a toddler how i would just drop him off and then go home and then come <laughs> back hours later no um no but we would go after school after after school sometimes and it was a place where he could get all of his energy out but yet i was still in a disney theme park uh-huh. Because it's not like I could just let him in Disneyland run wherever he wants. But there you could kind of, you could keep an eye on him. I'll, of course, follow him and get tired. But um, I just have if some You crawl members. up those nets, I'll be down here waiting for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, uh-oh, wait. That's how okay, I feel I lost now a second. with the girls. Yeah, but I just always, I know it's not di- super disney or anything, but I just always liked that memory of being able to go with them and ruin the parking by just showing up after work like a pass holder. But um, I just really, I just really liked how there was a place for kind of kids his age, you know, four or five to let off some steam. So that's just my little touching memory of Disney's California. It's still around, dude. I know, but I can't go in. We don't go in there anymore. Oh. You know, you so can come in with my girls. Like I said, we don't go in there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, but I did like the, uh, I actually did enjoy the Whoopi Goldberg. Golden Star Limousine. No, no, not that oh, one. The, oh, sorry. The, the Not that one, the limousine one. Superstar Limo? Superstar oh, Limo. We went the very first night it opened, and it was pouring rain, and we went on that ride, and I think that might have been the only time we went on it, but I remember it, so. It the the figures were strange and creepy at the same time, entertaining and creepy at the same time. That's a better way to put it. I really didn't necessarily enjoy it. I just remembered it. So I, that was that was it. How about you, Tom? What was uh, what was one of your faves? Okay, every, every I know everybody's going to want me to say Malibu. Um, 
which I do miss horribly. But I think one of the cool things that I remember is the uh, Chance to Shine show that they used to have in 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 front of the animation building. Do you guys remember that? I don't remember that at all. It was three actresses wanting to be in show business, and they sang and danced, and it's like what, just one of those little atmosphere shows. Cool. Don't, Nobody don't remembers re- that. Don't remember that. I, you know I, I, I remember seeing them come down the street, but we never stopped. Oh. I remember seeing them singing and dancing, and one was like an older gal, and one. Yeah, that's like yeah. The, the young starlet and the older, you know, and the dancer and something like that. Okay, that one went over well. All right. Um, all right, rapid fire, rapid fire time. Let's start with Tony. Okay, the new Star Tours, there's some more information coming out about it. And this is the information about the characters that are going to be incorporated in the ride in whatever fashion. Um, not only is there Darth Vader, but the Dark Lord of the Sith will be accompanied by legions of stormtroopers and some new sky troopers, especially designed for the show. Boba Fett, everyone's favorite bounty hunter, mine too, will also be after everyone, and an assortment of nasty droids and creatures. Balancing out the villains are some classic good guys, Master Yoda, Admiral Akbar, it's a trap, and Princess Leia will appear in the show to help guide the adventures, and you might even see Chewbacca. And that's the latest on who, I'm, I'm interested to see where they're all going to be, but they're going to somehow be incorporated into the ride and or the queue. So it's getting me excited to have the new Star Tours. Awesome. Nancy. Okay, mine actually has stuff to do with merchandise at the Disneyland Resort, and it's kind of merchandise in an odd way, too. Um, basically, there's been an uprising with the Anaheim residents and city council and leaders and stuff due to a new uh, product line that was basically designed to target young urban males. It was kind of more hip-hop, more urban. Um, I said urban. Um Basically, it was Goofy and Mickey, and they, Goofy had a spray can paint, a, you know, a spray can for uh, paint and graffiti, and Mickey had been graffitiing, and so everybody is thinking, wow, Mickey's tagging. Being a teacher, I'm, I, when I saw that shirt, I was pretty disappointed because, um, if they were to wear that at my elementary school, we would have told them, despite my love of Disney and Goofy, they would have had to turn that inside out because anything that's that um, even um, suggests gang activity is is against the dress code right. in the state of California. To be honest with you, so it was a, I was surprised when I saw that. So continue. Okay, the um, this, the line of merchandise was called the Graphic Edge Collection. Anyway, um, they held a meeting January twenty sixth um, of the city council, police representatives, and stuff like that, and. Uh, Disney agreed to pull um, the merchandise on uh, February 1st, and then on Monday they pulled the line of hats. So at least Disney is, you know, saying, okay, yeah, we understand, and we agree we're going to work with the neighborhood. I applaud them yeah. for listening, and I'm disappointed that they, they, they did it to try to make the buck, but I applaud them being a teacher and seeing this, and seeing this in the neighborhood where I teach, and you got Goofy with a spray can, that means one thing, and that's illegal activity. And, and do so, we know? Do we know if the sales were stopped company wide or just at the Disneyland Resort? 
Um, it's it's been pulled from uh, D Street and um, World of Disney and all that, according to the news article. Okay. So I'm assuming it's completely stopped at the Disneyland Resort. I'm not sure if this was actually a design that went to Florida. Okay. I mean, we do have a handful of things that aren't, you know, <laughs> stuck in the uh, mass purchase. Dis- Disney Parks logo. <laughs> yeah, the one time we get our own stuff, it's it's graffiti it's based, graffiti and they get rid of it. Yeah. All right, Wayne, what do you have? The very popular and successful Electronica Street Party has been extended at least through April 2011. The Disney Parks blog reports that the group We Are Heroes will be performing Friday, Saturday, and Sunday through February 27. I can't wait to go back to Electronica. I think that the popularity of the movie is going to keep this going for quite a while. I haven't been there since the movie um, debuted and kind of made its its main run. Um, but from what I hear, uh, Electronica is still extremely well attended at night. All right, since there's only a few of us, one last rapid fire for me. Uh, the Disneyland Resort has made the decision to no longer continue the Disney's Walk of Magical Memories program. Beginning February 28, 2011, the Disneyland Resort will no longer offer sponsorships of a Disney's Walk of Magical Memories paving stone. That's the all the stones that are out between the in the Esplanade between mm-hmm. the two parks. I sure. always said I was going to get one, I'm going to get one, and we just never have. Now it's, we're running out of time. I'm ordering mine before the end of the month. Yeah, Lord only knows where that sucker will get put. (laughs) I don't care as long as it's there for ten years. Are you guaranteed to have it in the same location or no? Um, I I don't know about the same location, but... You're not guaranteed to ever keep it. No, I mean, if they they choose to make changes, it's gone. Uh, However, if it's removed before the 10th anniversary of your sponsorship, you get a refund. All right, that'll do it for Rapid Fire. And now our first story. Nancy, you're going to start us off with the Magic Memories and You projection show. The MMY. Woohoo. That is a big title, isn't it? It is, and it really stumbles over the tongue. Anyway, we have, um, I know that the main show has talked about, um, I know that the Orlando team has talked about the show on the castle for everybody. Now, let's talk about ours. Ours is not on our beautifully large castle. <laughs> It is on Small World, and actually, if you think about it, Small World makes the ideal venue for this sucker. I mean, if you want some a way to play with shapes and interesting things and colors and angles and crap, this is right here oh, for you. Oh, you can't say crap. On uh, yeah, and I don't yeah. want to play with crap either. Yeah, there you go. Anyway. <laughs> We're going blue already. Go ahead. Three, two, one. Oh, no, that's staying in. <laughs> The show really has a much different effect, and we've actually got video of the show um, on the on the blog. So make sure you go to www.disunplug.com or go to our Dis YouTube channel, um, and you can see the video there. But it's really a different effect. I mean, we've got a couple things that are really specific that are really extravagant in ours. Um, a couple of things they did really well, I thought, was the whole um, clock tower, you know, the the variation on the clock tower show where all the little children erupt and then go all over the whole the whole facade. I thought that was really cool. Um, and then one of the things we thought was the absolute bomb was 
when they turn the the center clock tower into the Mickey Mouse cartoon, the clock cleaners. Some t- some tips for this. If you're going to make a point of going out to see this in the park, one of the things they told us is get your photograph taken by by 3 p.m. Now, there's no guarantee your photo is actually going to be in the show, but if you give them permission, they have to have time after 3 p.m. to get the photos um, into the system and into the, the show computer. So there you go. Tony, what did you think? I'm always blown away at Disneyland. Just when I think I'm done, they pull me back in. But whatever. I thought that was funny. You guys didn't. We'll edit that one out. Okay. <laughs> no. Hey, no. I'm always amazed at how just when I think I've seen everything or they're not going to outdo themselves, then something like this happens. And there's this show on It's a Small World. And after I'm done watching it, I'm thinking, how did they do that? How did they do that? I can't believe they. I just saw what I just saw. It's the same reaction I had when I saw World of Color. And I just think it's the coolest. I know these are generic third-grade adjectives, but um, it was the coolest thing I'd seen. It was. I mean, they used the the wall for It's a Small World perfectly, almost yes. like like it was made specific. I mean, obviously it was, but like Small World had been there waiting for the show. It, uh, we agreed with that absolutely and completely. Yeah, I, it, it just fits. It's white. I mean, it's it's perfect. It's got big block spaces, shapes, you name it. It was so. It was just so unique. That's what I can say. And then I was kind of surprised that that there weren't more people there because we showed up right. I mean, about ten minutes before it was ready to start, and we got a good spot and could see everything. And I think maybe because it, it is new, but. Um, it's, I just, I was just, again, dumbfounded by how neat and unique it is, and it's hard to describe it unless you see it. Oh, and we were amazed at how many people, um, you know, because they're keeping Small World open during the during the show projection, and we were amazed at how many people just walked right on by um, to board the ride while the show was going on. Yeah, like almost only only certain people kind of understood what what they were doing. And everybody else was just kind of going about their business. Nancy, have you been on Small World during the day since since this? Yes. Oh my God. Oh my God. Let me finish my sentence. They cleaned it up really nice after they fixed it up really nice after the rehab. Is that what you're going to ask? Not at all. Um, I'm, I heard rumors <laughs> that they added some scrims to some of the holes on the facade to make the projections. I made a point of looking for stuff like that, Tom, mm-hmm. and I saw no additional screens, no nothing. But the inside, the one thing that's worth mentioning, because I got all excited about it, was they've actually you know, done a really nice refurbishment now that they've restored it from Christmas and it's back open again. Oh, my God, the inside is just really nice. It's like somebody took a coat of glitter paint and just went all over the place. Inside the attraction. <laughs> you say that like it's a good thing. Yeah. No, it really is. It's nice. Paint all over everything. Did, Tony, did you ri- did you actually ride it while no. you were there? No, I just don't want glitter paint all over everything. No, it's really nice. It's extremely tasteful. It's really <laughs> tasteful glitter <Taste>. paint. <laughs> it is. All right. Thank you, Nancy. Tony. Um, now back over to Tony with his Tortilla Joe Taqueria review. Tortilla Joe's Taqueria is 
if you're in Southern California, you've eaten Mexican food before, and so you expect the best Mexican food is kind of in those holes in the wall. And um, Tortilla Joe's Taqueria is not a hole in the wall. They had some really good stuff, and a lot of it kind of depends on you. So the Taqueria is attached to the main sit-down Tortilla Joe's restaurant, and their menu is not the same. I actually asked one of the cast members or servers, that's kind of a, if you, a, a questionable subject, one of the servers at Tortilla Joe's, I went inside and I said, are the, the meats the same outside as they are inside? And they said, no, they actually have a different rub and different ingredients. So just so you know, if you're trying to go cheap and just go, I'm going to do the taqueria instead of the sit down, it is actually a different menu. But if you've been to a Chipotle, then you've been to the style of restaurant Tortilla Joe's Taqueria is. Uh, you select your meal. You can either get two tacos, a burrito, or a vegetarian burrito. We tried one of each to, to satisfy the review aspect of this. And um, we thought the best by far was the carnitas. The They had beef. Um, oh, I forgot to say, they used, select chicken, carnitas, or steak. The We thought the carnitas was the best by far, the pork shoulder. Um I'm a big Carnitas fan, and I've had really good Carnitas, and I have to say I'd go back to Tortilla Joe's Taqueria just for the Carnitas. Um, the um, chicken was just chicken, to be perfectly honest with you, and the steak wasn't really steak. If you've, um, it, it's it wasn't steak; it was beef. It was good, but it wasn't steak. So don't go expecting to get carne asada. It was just regular steak, but you basically make everything yourself. Along the counter, you tell them what you want, and so you get the choice of the cilantro lime rice, the vegetarian black beans, or regular beans, pico de gallo, they have sautéed vegetables, cheese, sour cream, and just like a chipotle, you basically design it yourself. So if anything isn't that good, it's kind of your fault because you made it. So um, we um, we designed it ourselves, and if we would have gone, if we were to go back, we would design specifically the carnitas and. Actually, all the toppings were really good and really fresh, but in terms of the meat, I would stick with the carnitas. The best value, I thought, there was the um, were the nachos, but know oh, yeah. that the, nach- the nachos were huge, and they're um, $6.49 without the meat, $2 with the meat. Um, is The burrito and the nachos were ri- really large. The tacos, not so much. So if you're going in terms of like value, I'd say the burritos and the nachos are actually a good good value, depending on what you pile them up with. The, all the toppings are fresh. It's kind of, like I said, it's you make it yourself, not with your hands, but they make it based on what you um, tell them to. I liked it, the carnitas especially. Um, I, it wasn't the best Mexican food I'd ever had, but if you wanted to go outside the park but still kind of feel like you're in the park, one thing that's cool about it is it's right next to the monorail entrance in downtown disney so you could if you're in tomorrowland get off go eat there and maybe if somebody else in your party doesn't want to eat there they could go across to the help me out the ralph brennan's jazz kitchen express Express. yes i don't think tortilla joe's would like it if you brought the food in to their little patio but i think the tables at the jazz kitchen express seem to be a little more if you're willing to yeah a little more open there you go i'm not saying that that they're to suggest to do this but just saying it gives you more options. Um, so we really liked the fact that the location was you were out of Disneyland, but you were still in Disneyland, so you could hop back right back on to the um, monorail. And that is basically 
it. I think the the best value is are the nachos. Just remember, it's cheese sauce, not shredded cheese. Yeah. And I would definitely go back specifically for the carnitas. They did not have a posted kids menu, though. I did have to warn you. They did not have a posted kids menu. So that was kind of different. And you can get alcohol because you're – see, that's how you get alcohol at Disneyland. You go on the monorail, get off, <laughs> get the beer, then you're done, and then you go back in. But I would definitely go back for the carnitas or for the nachos or the yeah. burritos, and basically you make it the way you want it. So if you have a picky eater, they can kind of pick it themselves, and they do have a annual pass holder discount, but they do not accept the Disney gift cards. Awesome. All right, thanks for that, Tony. Well, that'll do it for this edition of the Diz Unplugged. Thanks for listening. 